Hey, this is Chris and Jan Woodruff, and you are listening to the Hindsight Podcast, where we sit down with people and we take a look back at what we can learn from a very specific season in their life. So it's hard to believe we are already in September, and September is a big month for us. It's it is. It's an exciting month, especially with us being affiliated with Lighthouse Family Retreat. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. And I'm hopeful that everybody knows that. And if they don't, that's why we want to share a little bit. Cancer for kids is growing, unfortunately. And the research that goes into cancer for kids is really underfunded. Yeah, it's limited. It's, I think, uh, under 4% of cancer research, the funding uh, goes to childhood cancers. It's, yeah. not, it's not very good at all. So with the month being focused on this, we want to make sure that we are really rallying around areas where we can contribute financially and also being sensitive to families around us that are living through this. And um, that is near and dear to our heart. And obviously we pray that you don't have to go through it, but there are definitely people who are living it and Um, We want to make sure that we give them as much support as possible. And so with that, the couple that we are now going to start introducing is Cliff and Tracy Atfield, Mm -hmm. and they actually have a story uh, tied into childhood cancer. That's right. Yeah. So they, um, they've been a lighthouse family mm-hmm. and we've known Cliff and Tracy since before that. Right. Um, you actually worked with Cliff at North Point. Right. For when a they while. were transitioning, they were actually moving from Texas and I got to talk with him before he, when he was making the transition, they were actually in it. They were yeah. transferring from Texas to Atlanta while they were finishing up treatment. Yeah. And I'll talk a little bit about that here in this first episode. Uh, but they definitely give you a little bit of insight into what it's like uh, to experience that. So for those of you that have not been through it, this will give you great perspective. But they also share on the flip side of that just some great parenting tips. They've got two kids uh, now in college. Uh, one's a senior, one's a sophomore. And uh, and they give some really good insights around just what they've learned through the parenting journey. But they also give a little bit of uh, what it was like parenting through childhood cancer. So it's really great for folks. One, if you've, if you've got a child that's, that's, uh, that's had cancer or has cancer, uh, you're going to learn something from Cliff and Tracy from that. But even if you haven't, they still share some great insights into parenting in general. And so I think you guys are going to get a lot out of that and, uh, and really enjoy the time with them. So yeah, it was great. Um, they just really offer a lot. And then also talking about how you have to focus on your marriage. You know, we've been spending a lot of time talking about parenting our kids, but really a core value through all of it is how you're maintaining your marriage while you're parenting at the same time. And they do a great job since they're now empty nesters. Yeah. Talking a little bit how they cultivated their relationship leading into that season. Yeah. How did they launch themselves into empty nester world, right? So let's go ahead and join in on the conversation with Cliff and Tracy. Hey, everyone. We're sitting down with Cliff and Tracy Atfield. Cliff and Tracy, welcome. Thanks for joining us on the Hindsight Podcast. We're excited to hear about you guys and your journey and just everybody else. Um, I think they're going to really enjoy hearing just about your parenting and what it's been like raising uh, Trey and Kirsten. Before we get into all that, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, thanks, Chris. You know, first, thanks for having us. We just appreciate being able to sit down with you guys, too, and, and talk a little bit about this. Yeah, we've been married now for 26 years. 
um, we got married three weeks after we graduated from Baylor. That's where we met. And so we, Ooh, we kind of sweethearts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was. We met right before our junior year started. Who'd have think that, who'd have thunk, or who'd have think that Baylor now is probably this hot place because no. of yeah. Fixer Upper? Baylor was not quite as hip I know. back, back <laughs> yeah. then when we were there. But uh, yeah, so we've been married for about 26 years. We've got two kids, as you mentioned. Uh, Kirsten's our oldest. She's 21 now. And Trey is just two years younger. He's 19. And they both actually get to attend Samford University in Birmingham together. So she's going to be a senior here starting this year. I can't believe that. I know. Me neither. (laughs) Yeah. And he's going to be a sophomore. So... Yeah, so we've been empty nesters now for a year, a little over. And, and you're smiling, well. so that looks oh, like yes. it's, it's That's suiting a, you guys very, very well. I'd say we love it, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Good. Almost a little guilty about that, but it's a, it's, a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. We love it when they come home, but we have a great time when they're not there, too. That's awesome. Well, cool. Well, thanks for sharing just a little bit there. That gives everybody yeah. at least a little bit of context. We've known you for many years, so we've known Cliff and Tracy for... Um, gosh, I don't even know. Like, I, I'm not sure exactly. I was trying to do the long. math because you and I spoke when yeah. you guys were getting ready to move from yep. Texas to Atlanta for a job. So yep. at least ten years yeah. then. Mm-hmm. That would have been now twelve years ago. So twelve. Right. It was about mm-hmm. twelve years ago. Right now, actually. Yeah. yeah. And so. then, uh, and then we've gotten to know you guys even more closely over the last. I don't know, six or seven years yeah. through Lighthouse mm-hmm. and yep. just the time we get to spend together through that as well. So yep. it's been a blast. Uh, we know a ton about you. So now I'm glad <laughs> at least everybody else listening got a little bit of a, of a look into the Atfield crew. So, um, so Hey, we're sitting down to learn from you guys and, uh, and just learn about just the parenting style of what's worked and maybe even looking back at things that it didn't work, uh, as you guys were raising Trey and Kirsten through their middle and, and uh, teenage years, just looking back again, hindsight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, through the whole parenting of, of teenagers. So start us with first, tell us what's the relationship like right now? You've mentioned a minute ago where they are in their college years. What's the relationship look like today with, with your kids? Yeah, it's funny because I asked Trey this question. I was like, hey, buddy, I was like, what do you think of like our relationship now? And he was like, good. <laughs> he's, he's a man he's a of guy. few words. So wait a minute, because right. our kids right now, the boys, mm-hmm. um, they're really big into the one-word answer. Uh-huh. It I'm, continues. I'm kind of hoping it goes it away continues. in college, but no. you're telling me it doesn't. We're helping a girlfriend uh, at some point draws it out okay. and you know, right. teaches him right. that Good he's going to need to well, express himself. Well, just a side note, though. Trey was our guest speaker when we did our college yep, detour, he and he did yep. a great job. So it, it wasn't all good and great and That's yep. right. Yes. So, you no. got more than one-word answers, so that's a success. And that the, says a lot about y'all. His words were very rich. So. That's right. Yeah, I think he knows his mom well, too, now. So now it he kind of does it. He does it to annoy me. He does it yeah. on purpose. Yeah. yeah, he's like, good. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but no, overall, I would say I would say great if I had to answer. But I think, like, we love the space that they're in right now and just feel like, like, we've talked about it. And it's kind of with them going off to school, all of a sudden they come back and they're like a different person. They're like, you see them... When they're in your home every single day, you don't get to see them grow as much right. because it's right in front of you. Right. Whereas when they come home from school, it's like, oh my gosh, like how they respond or yeah. how they consider others or the things that they're dealing with, you can just see them growing up before you a little and that bit. That freedom really helps that. Yeah, right. It totally does. They're used to running everything through the filter of mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. now they're getting to make those decisions themselves. And yeah. you're getting to see that fruit yeah. of all the stuff you poured into them early. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's 
it's a blast right now. I mean, we kind of think of things through some stages of parenting that, that Andy, Andy and Sandra shared yep. with us a long time ago. But they are very much in, I guess, what we'd kind of consider the friend stage for the most part now. Right. We very much like it when they invite us back into that coaching stage occasionally. Mm-hmm. But we're learning, probably me more than Tracy, but we... That's that's where we are as as parents with them right now, and you know, constantly interjecting into their lives isn't necessarily the most productive thing for them. So we have to we're at that stage of waiting to be invited, but I think we're enjoying it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love how you speak about that with especially where you guys are at, because I know that there's folks listening that that's where they want to be with their kids when they're in college. So you've mentioned uh, Cliff that it's it may even be harder for you than it's been for Tracy. If there's um, parents right now and their their oldest is getting ready, you know, like he just started or she just started, let's say they just moved him in, and so they're just a year or two behind you guys in that phase, and they're not sure how to transition as a parent into that role of not being the coach, but just you know, what what advice would you give them? Ooh, that's hard. I feel like when Kirsten went um, as a freshman, something that I struggled with was kind of my identity. Because I had been her mom, and that was, you know, just kind of who I was. Mm-hmm. And realizing as they become adults, like, what their actions and what they choose to do are not reflective of me anymore. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, hey, they're adults. They're making these choices. And even if I don't agree with it, it's not like it. I have to look at it and go, oh, that reflects poorly on me. Right. And so that was an adjustment for yeah. me because I was like, oh, gosh, well, she, you know, you know, shouldn't be out late or shouldn't be doing this or that. And it was like, wait a minute. That's about me, not about her. Yeah. And you have and to so, loosen your grip. Yes, I totally I would totally think with your first to. child, it is kind of a transitional period mm-hmm. because, you know, you're getting her all ready. You're packing her up. You're like, you're still majorly involved until you leave her in the dorm room and you drive home. Yeah. Right. So I can see where that would be definitely a learning curve with mm-hmm. the first one going to school. I think especially for a dad letting a letting his daughter go, yeah, that probably accentuated it for me even more. There's a sense that when Trey went, yes, he was the you know he was the second to go for us, so that made that easier. But also being the boy, at least for a dad, there's almost like this expected level of independence. Mm-hmm. And with Kirsten, I, I still wanted to help more. Right. I mean, I still wanted to be dad that she would come to with things. You still and, wanted to be needed. Yeah, 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 really did, and. That was probably the harder transition for me of the two, absolutely, because it was still like, hey, I'd, I'd, I'd love to still be dad in this. I'd love yeah. for you to still be able to come to me with these things. And she does, but it it probably was not as much as I would like, but it was probably a healthy amount. So that was that was difficult, though. Yeah. yeah. And still is to a degree, but... And yeah. I think, too, just the communication changes so much. You know, I know I talk to some moms and they're like, oh, my gosh, like we talk every day on the phone. And I'm like... Mm, that's not me. Like we don't talk every day on the phone. I'm like, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with me? Why doesn't you want to? And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Don't compare. Exactly. Don't compare at all. And it was, it's kind of that, okay, wait for them to call or text or, and if I text, I can't expect an immediate return back, even though their phone is probably in their hand. Um, but you know, just kind of getting that standard of what is our communication going to look like now? And, what I want it to look like is probably different than what it's actually going to look like. And that doesn't mean it's bad. Right. Yeah. So for you, what was the transition time? If you look back on that freshman year with Kirsten, how long did it take? Is it over yet? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You should answer that. You know, I really think it took something into her um, second semester for sure. Mm. 
there was even a point that I think we both went, oh, okay. Because when she went off to her sophomore year and then came back for the first couple times her sophomore year, she came home going, wow, I didn't realize how much I missed being home. And that was literally the first time she had said some of those things Mm -hmm. since she left as a freshman. I know for me, and I think for Tracy probably too, that gave us a bit of like, yay, okay, deep breath. <laughs> we're, we're okay here because we're still needed. Yeah, we are still needed, and she wants she to wants come to home. be here. She yeah. wants right. to be here with us, and I think, you know, sure, her communication style is probably a little bit more like mine when it comes to this too, because it's a little bit like when we're gone and we're out of sight. For her, we're a little bit out of mind, mm-hmm. and that's not a bad thing. That's just it's a wiring thing right. more than anything else. And so Tracy's much more disciplined about calling people, about staying in touch with people. And Kirsten's just, she's not quite as much like that. She's more of in the moment. She's more of, well, whoever's in front of her sort of thing. So, you know, so that was a little challenging. But I think it really did take a little bit more than that first year to kind of, would you agree? Do you think you have any different perspective? I probably agree. And I think with Trey, it was also so different because then it was just Cliff and I. You right. know, it's like yeah. Trey leaves and then we're like looking at each other going, okay, now what? Want to go know? out? <laughs> yeah. And we can anytime right. we want to. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty awesome. Um, but I think too, we had to prepare ourselves for that yeah. of knowing, okay, he's going to be gone and we want to have a great relationship when he goes. Yeah. yeah. And so kind of his last year, especially his, his senior year of high school, I think, we really tried to be intentional mm-hmm. in that and prepare yeah. for him to leave. Mm-hmm. So we weren't shocked. And we weren't going, oh, gosh, what do we do? So that's something we talk about, but I want to ask y'all it in a different way. So we usually talk to the parents about how they launch their kids, get ready to launch their kids. Mm -hmm. How did you get prepared to launch? Right, because we don't ever ask how the parents are. Yeah, we right. We usually are saying how how you're going to set your child up. Yeah. Yeah. How did you think you were prepared? Did you talk to other families prior to before your before Kirsten went to school? Yeah. What advice would you give someone that's their last kid is getting ready to head out, and it's just going to be the two of them? How do they get ready for that as parents, as a couple? Yeah, I think. What actually comes to mind is something that we were told very, very early on. So it was long before we ever launched them that uh, that we heard from from other parents that were like, hey, you're going to be together. The goal is for you to be together and for you to enjoy each other much longer without them than right. you will with them. Right. So, and this is difficult, and I wouldn't say we did a perfect job or anything even close to that, but to try to make sure just we enjoy each other along the way and that we stay connected and that we continue to enjoy each other. So especially that last year, and I think Tracy was right, we were just very intentional about, hey, what are we going to do this weekend? When are we going to continue to go out? What are we going to enjoy Making together? Maybe some special plans yeah. or intentional plans. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're like anybody else. I think that unless we make some plans, unless we try to do something specific, it's probably just not going to happen. Life's too fast and there's so much going on that you'll just get absorbed into something else. And so... I know Tracy was really great about reminding us of that and kind of keeping us on target with that. That's mm-hmm. great. And this will be a good segue. We actually were taught that very early on when we got married. We actually had John and Debbie Woodall come in to <laughs> one of our early married small groups. And that was something that has stuck with us through the 18 years that we've been married, that you do the weekly date nights, you do the quarterly getaways, you do the one-year vacation. And you know, I really think it's important for families that are out there that are just starting in their marriage to re- be reminded that even in the midst of having infants and toddlers and kids in sports, you want to be able to pr- prioritize your marriage because now fast forward, you're in your spot yeah. and 
that's not a new behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think another thing we did to kind of prepare for launch was we had a community group where we had, I guess, five couples in it, three of which were already empty nesters. Okay. And then there were two of us that, you know, had one in school and one was a high school senior. Hmm. And so just being, having other people around us that we could almost like aspire to be them of like, look at them. They have no, they made it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they made it. And look, they're they're so free to do so much, you (laughs) know? Um, And so I think that was really encouraging to us because we needed those people around us to go, Hey, it's going to be okay. So lessons we learned and you, you know, this is going to be great. And so it was, I think just the sense of community for us was a really big deal. I think that's great. I even remember too, them helping us even with Kirsten as she was away, we'd get into situations where we thought, or maybe I thought I should say that we should interject ourselves and what was going on and maybe kind of go, Hey, maybe you should do this or that. And I would have other dads kind of look at me and go, What's really going to happen Step here? <laughs> Step away from that. Like, you know, you want her to come to you when she needs something. Right. And if you're constantly coming to her when she's not necessarily asking for it, she's not going to come when you when yeah. she wants to or when she needs to. And so oh, it was like, so oh, good. gosh. And even also them trying to remember us and give us perspective of a lot of times we think they're going to get into situations where something bad's going to happen. When even if that's true okay, what's the worst that can happen here? Yeah. And let some of those things happen. Let some of those consequences happen. And if they do, great. Um, they're going to they're gonna learn from it. And unfortunately, that's life's best teacher. So mm-hmm. um, just to be careful of that and not yeah. try to protect them as much as maybe a dad would like to protect you know, his daughter. I think that's great. So, I think that's good for parents to hear, especially those that are just now launching them, yeah. you know, this unknown territory. So to hear from you guys, I think that's really helpful. Let's jump back to the question we were talking about earlier with what's your relationship like? Mm-hmm. How would you describe it today? And then I want you to think back. What do you think is the single greatest thing? It could be two different answers. Cliff, you might have one. Trace, you might. What do you think is the single greatest thing that made it that today? That is a really big question. Um, <laughs> but as far as our relationship overall, like I said, I would say both sides of it, us and them, would say that it's really good. You know, there's still challenges, of course, but overall, I'd say really good. As I think about what kind of made it that way, I would say that we kind of always prioritize relationship over rules, over, you know, grades, over, you mm-hmm. know, all of that kind of stuff. We were kind of like, hey, the relationship, that's what's going to keep us here for, you know, mm-hmm. for a lifetime kind right. of thing. And so I think prioritizing that really helped put things in perspective. That does not mean we were perfect at it. I mean, please don't ever, we, we weren't perfect in anything. (laughs) We have as much to say about what not to do for sure. Um, but I think that was our goal was to put the relationship first. Do you, can you think of a time where y'all did that? Well, like a certain instance, Hmm. I was thinking of a, I was thinking specifically over something we were talking about just not too long ago. And, um, when Kirsten started to date, um, that was difficult for dad, for sure, for, for many reasons. And how old was she when she started dating? Um, 16? Or she fi- was 15, 15 at that time. Yeah, 15 when she really had her first boyfriend, I would guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, quite honestly, it, it wasn't really a relationship that, that we were really that big of fans are. Yeah. And, and she knew that. 
Um, but we also had people surrounding us in our life and in her life, and they have been in Trey's life too, to kind of help navigate those things along the way so that we weren't the only ones speaking into her life too. And so mm-hmm. she would meet with a mentor who was also a friend of ours. And, um, you know, she would meet with that mentor and talk to her about that relationship. Mm. And that mentor did a good job of really not telling us exactly what was going on, yeah. but kind of telling us, hey, guys, she's okay. Back off. Let her yeah. do this. Well, and she was Let a trusted person. So yeah. whether you knew the details, you mm-hmm. knew that she was going to offer great yeah. advice. And she also knew that she could go, she could go to this person and she could tell them all the details and they wouldn't necessarily make them back to us. Like, right. kind of like you're saying, it, yeah. it was good. There was good trust there. Um, but this person would tell us so like, Hey, this is okay. This probably is not going to end, end well, <laughs> but she's not, I don't think she's going to get too hurt in this and she's going to learn from this. Right. And, that was maybe our, one of our first, or at least my first big instances of like, oh my gosh, I've just, I've got to let this happen and I've got to let, and I've got to be okay with this. And I've got to let her learn this. And Tracy would use this term all the time, but she was like, let them learn things while they're still under our roof. Yeah. Right. That's good. So Tracy, you mentioned re- relationship and that's even something we've heard in some previous conversations, which I think has been really, a really cool consistency to hear. Uh, as a parent, to focus on relationship. Cliff, is there another thing that you can think of when you think of something that maybe had the greatest impact on making those relationships today what they are? Yeah. um, You know, I think this kind of maybe goes hand in glove with it. But, of course, when they're really young, there are rules that are there for their safety and you're, you know, you're just trying to keep them from hurting themselves and things like that. So Keeping them are, alive. That's yeah, like, that's that's really, like, no, don't play with knives. You know, there's things that are maybe obvious about that. But Tracy was also really good about keeping us grounded and, and reminding us almost that, hey, their character development is more important than obedience to a very specific rule or about making too many rules. Right. Um, because if it was just about controlling their behavior, it wasn't really to their advantage. And so trying to make things more about, hey, how do we hope that they develop as people? Who do we want them to become as as a young man and as a young woman versus how obedient to a lot of rules did we want right. them to be? And so that fits, I think, hand in glove with the relationship piece, but maybe just a little bit of a take on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Cliff and Tracy, there's actually something that's a little unique to your story with something you had to parent through that not everybody has had to experience, but certainly mm-hmm. there are some families and, and parents listening that have, uh, and, and that's childhood cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's played a part in y'all's journey and in your story. So as you guys look back uh, at your seasons, I want to ask both sides of this. Um, what was the hardest season, which I would imagine that maybe plays into a little bit, and then also what was, what was your favorite season in raising your kids? Well, I mean, as you lead in or as you ask a question that way, it's like the hardest season was, I'd say, easy to say cancer, you know, because of going through childhood cancer, watching, um, hmm, I'm going to, it's like, whoa, every once in a while it still gets me. Um, But watching Trey go through that and watching our whole family go through that, you know, that's obviously something you just never want to go through. But it's like while that was a super hard season for a period of time, it did still have lasting impacts, I think, in our family. And I think still mm-hmm. does yeah, to this day. Does. You know, so that's like a really big chunk of, of that. And then I would say, you know, but then we also had the other silly kind of stuff that I, well, it's not silly because it was hard. But, you know, say they're, when they were in high school and 
Kirsten was driving. She's 16. <laughs> Trey's 14. Well, what 16-year-old wants to take her 14-year-old brother everywhere? None. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, an the answer. bickering and kind of all of that that came from that life stage, I was like, oh my gosh, are they ever going to like each other? Yeah. Like I literally thought they're going to hate each other the whole life. And we were, our mantra was always, hey, God gave you to each other to be best friends mm-hmm. for life. And it was like, you can't even like get to school on time together. Um, and so <laughs> the fact that they're at the same college now is yeah, like yeah. truly amazing. And she was encouraging him to go there. Right, exactly. I was right. like, wait, what happened? Yeah. So I think like when I, you know, take cancer off the table. If I look at like what I felt like was a really hard season for our family was that season because mm-hmm. I felt like, oh my gosh, they don't like each other at all, which broke my heart as a mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, we just wanted our family to always have this time together, which they did at times, but boy, that whole, her feeling independent and him not having that dependence, that was a really challenging time, I'd say, for our family. Yeah. And with regard to the cancer side of it, I mean, he was, Trey was six when he was diagnosed, and that means Kirsten was eight. And I think some of the difficult times, the difficult things about that season for us, um, there was just very little we could predict. There was very little to hold any sort of schedule together. We would trade nights off at the hospital because we did countless nights in the hospital in that first year. I mean, he was homebound for the entire first year of his treatment, which lasted a little over three years. Um, and was he? What was he diagnosed? Yeah, with? I'm sorry. He was diagnosed with leukemia when he was when he was six. Okay. And so, as you might imagine, that. Everything changes in an instant. Right. Your whole life and everything that you kind of expected over the next years is all of a sudden just not the same. And you don't you have no idea. And you're getting to a stage with a six and eight year old where they're independent, they're coming out of needing you so much. Um, what was the indicator? What 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 changed that led you to believe or to see that Trey had something going on? Yeah, we were actually out of town when he started to get sick. So we were actually overseas and um, spending some time Um, over in Europe and he started to get sick um, while he was staying with my dad and my dad was like yeah he's not feeling well but I gave him some Tylenol he's you know he's bouncing right back and then my dad started to call over the next days and like hey he's really not feeling well now I want to take him to the doctor so he'd go to see the doctor and the doctor thinks it's just viral well you fast forward in literally just three days and we're coming home anyway and we go to meet our son in the hospital who just is having a fever that's out of control Hmm. and leg pain that um He's basically can't walk on his legs anymore because his legs hurt so bad. And um, at least for a very short period of time, he's kind of driving the hospital a little bit crazy because they can't tell what's going on either. Mm -hmm. And it was only, it was less than 24 hours after we were actually home that he was diagnosed and they figured out through some other testing that... It moves fast once you know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And honestly, especially for me and the kind of personality I have, I was very thankful for that. We, they figured stuff out very quickly and they moved very quickly and that was super helpful to us. But the other part that moved very quickly was our life started to become wrapped around his treatment schedule mm-hmm. and what that would mean. And so, like I said, we're, we're at hospitals every night for long periods of time and trading those off. And Kirsten's kind of left, right. you know, to the side a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't know who's picking her up from school. Yeah. She doesn't know who's staying with her that night. Is it mom or dad? And so eight year old, it's like third or fourth grade. Third grade. Third grade Got for it. her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had just started he had just started first grade. She had just started third grade. And um she doesn't she doesn't know what's going on. And you know, we told her as much as we knew and so she was a part of it, but she definitely felt 
she definitely felt to the side as much as we tried to be and as intentional as we could with her. I'm not sure if there's ever kind of enough that yeah. we could have done. At that too. season, did you have a decent community around you <laughs> to help you? Yeah. Yeah. We had an amazing community around us. We actually, we lived in Dallas, Texas at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had amazing friends and family around us and just loved on us. Yeah. And it's, I look back at that time and it's like, you talk about the handsome feet of Jesus. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. that is what totally kept us going, yeah. you know, everything. And the fact that our kids got to see that too and experience that, I think is beautiful because they've yeah. grown up think, knowing, hey, this is just what you do. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like you help others, you serve others. Um, and so I think it, while cancer was horrible, there's been a lot of really good things that have come from it as well. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. You're, you're always a part of groups. And groups take care of each other, mm-hmm. and people watch out for you. And you know, it, even Kirsten, being only eight years old at the time, understood. Like we'd come home, and the lawn would be mowed, and we didn't know who would do it, or oh. or we'd have groceries, and she'd say, "Well, where did these come from?" And we'd be like, "We don't, we don't know." <laughs> um, you know, Aww. and somebody would just do just crazy random acts of kindness and yeah. just love on us in ways for for really that that whole remainder of time that we that we lived in Texas. It was. It was a great thing for for them to see, for yeah. sure. No, that's great. I know. Um, I know. Childhood cancer does not define who you guys are as a family, or even just how you guys parent. Um, but I know it's a part of your story. Mm-hmm. And so, for our listeners, I wanted to, I wanted them to be able to understand at least the lens, maybe that you had to parent through, uh, and even probably had to to parent uh, through some ripples beyond, because they were in you know the elementary and. and before middle school going through the treatment. So you didn't have the cancer journey necessarily while you're in the middle school and high school, but there were probably some ripple effects of, you know, how to parent differently now that we're not in that anymore. And, and so I think it just helps give, give everybody maybe a little context. Uh, so, so they can kind of understand, you know, maybe some decisions you did or didn't make and how that plays in. We talked about your hardest season. So what season was your most fun? We kind of agreed on this one, too. Um, we think now is probably as much fun as we've ever had. I mean, and there was never, there weren't seasons that we really look back on and just, you know, sink our heads or feel really <laughs> bad about or anything like that. But this one has just, it's really been fun. I know for me as a dad, um, I feel like I know who my kids are as young adults, and they really know who I am, too, um, as a person. And we interact with each other really well. And we know each other's strengths. We know each other's shortcomings. And we just have a lot of fun together. And I think we, we've learned um, how to appreciate each other a lot. Yeah. So what else would you add about that? Yeah, I would probably say, again, the same time period. You know, just last weekend we rented a house up in Big Canoe. And, yeah. you know, I'm a big quality time. Mm-hmm. And yep. so that has been an adjustment given my love language is quality time. Yes. And we don't have... The kids aren't there anymore. Yeah. So, so how I get them that, and take them away. Right. <laughs> we brought them for experiences and vacations mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, so, but it was just fun. You know, it's like, okay, we're all in this together. And, um, you know, we just have a blast together. And so it's just, it's been a really fun stage, I think. Um, but the fact that they still want to be with us, that's a win. That's what we desire. And I think that was something that we kind of instilled in all of our kind of family values very early on is we're going to spend time together and we're going to enjoy each other's family and we're going to value experiences together over stuff. And we really are going to invest in those. So whether it be different trips or vacations or different things, that's kind of, 
that's normal for them, and it, it doesn't have to be um, extravagant. It can be, but they don't have to be. But the whole idea, even when Tracy approached them and said, hey, would you guys like to get a cabin you know, before, before the summer ends and before you guys go back to school? And they were both like, yeah, absolutely, that'd be great. And so I'm sure that... That's you know helped you quite a bit too when they react. Tank like is that. Nice. Yeah. It is. Thank you. <laughs> I've rented it for the next six years. So every time we're going to be renting. So just come on over. Uh, looking back, so you talked about how family fun is definitely one of your uh, family roles, if you will. What other type of guidelines or things did you instill in your in the kids? from the time they were little till now? Because obviously they don't just pop out at this stage and become great kids. <laughs> if they do, then you have a secret pill or something no, we need to invest in. But tell us a little bit about some of those things that shaped you guys as a family to get you, mm-hmm. get you to this point. Yeah, I would say probably some of the biggest thing, and we had more foundational principles versus specific yeah, rules. That, I think that's, that's great. Perfect. That's you know? Yeah, and that's so great. it was kind of that idea of kindness. You know, we treat each other with kindness, the idea of respect. Um, we respect one another. Um, I think just that a lot of times one of our things was natural consequences, you know, of mm-hmm. yeah. there's going to be natural consequences. When you forget your homework at home and you're at school and you text me, hey, can you bring it? First, I'm like, why are you on your phone? You shouldn't be texting me at school. <laughs> but besides that, it's like, no, sorry, you forgot it. Right. You know, and Tough sometimes, yeah. right, sometimes it's like, okay, extenuating circumstances and you do it. Other times, no, sorry. Yeah. Um, and so I'd say that was, you know, if kind of looking through the filter of kindness and respect, loving others, um, those kind of things were just really more the foundational principles that we had. And then kind of any specifics kind of flowed from those. Okay. Yeah. I think family unity was also one. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing for us. Hey, at as the Atfields, who are we going to be? And what is that going to look like? And what kind of people are we just going to try to be? So is that so, a conversation that you involved them in? Yeah. I mean, we'd even talk about it. Hey, yeah. we're the Atfields, and this is the <laughs> kind of things that we do. Yeah. And um, stuff like that. So, yeah, so they're a part of it. It's dinner table conversation. It's different conversations with them at different times. When they when they mess up, when they do something bad, it's like, hey, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that that's really who we want to be. What do you think? Yeah. You know, is that is that really who that that should be reflective of? Is that something we want to be a part of our family? And so, and obviously, that's as they're getting a little bit older, they start to hear things more like that. But is there additional yeah. things you'd say? Well, I'd say part of it too is modeling. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's how we treat each yeah. other. Yeah. You know, as husband and wife, it's like they see that they they are watching everything that's going on. You know, and so I think a lot of it is how do we treat each other? How do we honor each other? And that sets a foundation for them as well. And I think how we spend our time, you know, it's like we chose, um, you know, church was very important for mm-hmm. the kids to be involved in, mm-hmm. and they loved going to church. And so I think that sense for them also kind of helped establish that who we are as a family. This is what we do. You have people around you. You mm-hmm. go and right. you worship. You go mm-hmm. and you serve. You know, we serve at Lighthouse together, you know, those kind of things. And so, um, which side note, this was the first year we served at Lighthouse without our kids, and it was weird. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Weird. I can't imagine. Oh that doing that, that yeah. was probably one of the hardest empty nester things that we've done. Other yeah. than that, I've loved it, and yeah. that was like, wait a minute. It was this just there was something missing. feel right. Yeah, there was just something um, missing that. But so, all of you empty nesters that are listening that are considering serving, <laughs> still, <laughs> still a great Oh, we'll be back week. next year. Yeah. your public service <laughs> announcement. We'll be back next year, for sure. You know, I think another one of the things, and I don't know if it's a family rule, but it's kind of a principle, is 
they always knew that we don't do this alone. Like even as a, even as the Atfields, we're not going to try to figure out how to do any of this alone. Yeah. So they would see us with friends. They would see us with mentors. They would see us with other people around us that they knew mom and dad weren't trying to figure this out by themselves. Right. And I, I don't think anybody ever does this well by themselves. And so, um, you know, and this is maybe now they can see this more, more clearly. They know that Tracy meets with other ladies that help her do life well. Right. They know that, um, that I need meet with other men that, that help me be, be the person that I, I think I want to be. And we can even have conversations around that because mm-hmm. even as they're getting older, they start to see those, some of those principles kind of come through and, you know, I'll have conversations with Trey and he'll, I'll say like, Hey, you know, about, you know, you know, about my couple buddies and he knows them by name and actually knows them personally. Um, those are the guys that I go to with everything and they know everything that's going on. Um, I know I may not be that to you. I'd love to be, but I'm, I may not be that to you, Trey, but yeah. do you have, do you have something like that? And, um, in a great way, he was like, yeah, I mean, I've seen that. So I do. Oh, great. Who is that? And he'd, he'd talk about that. He'd right. tell me about either the other friends or the other mentors he has. And, and Kirsten's the same way. One of the first things she wanted to do when she got to college was figure out a group that could, she could be a part mm-hmm. of and to find a couple of mentors that yeah. were a few That's years so ahead great. of her, That's which was like, oh my gosh, this, it, it worked. Yeah. But I think that's part of what Tracy was describing of they're going to, they're going to emulate what they see. Yeah. And so us trying to go, well, what would we want them to do? Well, let's do that too. Let's that's make awesome. sure we're and that's, setting an example. I've heard, we've heard that on Love several it. different mm-hmm. podcasts that we've done. And even just independently when we've sat with friends that we admire is that your kids watch you so much more than they listen to you, which we know that, but, mm-hmm. but what they really see you doing is mm-hmm. what they then eventually mm-hmm. adopt. And so I love hearing that because I've seen it play out in some of the things that we've done and seeing our kids talk about it or now seeing them as young adults, you know, they're getting into that age where that's the lifestyle they want. Mm -hmm. They think about their small group as something that's normal. And I was like, that's awesome, you know, Mm -hmm. to think that that would be something they would choose. Yeah. Yeah. But I think also like the flip side of that, like while we have tried to emulate a lot of positive things, it's interesting because I, I do think... Sometimes it's easy just to focus on the kids and what's going on there and to forget about us and kind of our personal Mm -hmm. emotional health, but to know that they see the areas that we're not so emotionally healthy either. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so I think that's something also that I came to kind of realize probably later in their high school years and into college years of the importance of me personally being emotionally healthy and because they see that and then to go, hey, I don't have it all together. I'm trying to figure this out or I'm talking to a counselor or I'm, you know, and I think it, I'm doing it for me, but it also gives them freedom to go, oh gosh, like you don't have it all together. And I'm like, I so don't have it all together. I'm trying to figure this out. Well, Um, so yeah, you would let them see this. I would let them see this. Maybe, unfortunately, maybe more me than you, but it was also very important. I think for us to, we're vulnerable with them. And when we mess up, we tell them we messed up. And when, if we've done something that's hurt them, we apologize and we go, you know, it's, we're not afraid to say, Hey, that really didn't go well. And that's my fault. I'm sorry. It's so important. And you know, we forgive me for that. And so, um, even being able to have them see that, yeah, mom and dad are, well, they know that, Hey, it's all, let's admit, they know we're not perfect anyway. That's right. Right. right? They've got the inside track. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They get to see, and you get to model humility. 
mm-hmm. you know, and that's so important, I think, yeah. for them to see that from us as their parents. Yeah. Um, one last question before we wrap up this episode, uh, and then we'll carry on and continue in, in the next episode. Uh, but give us a little bit insight on from the childhood cancer perspective coming out of the years, because it would have been nine and 11-ish mm-hmm. that you finished up treatment. Yeah. How did that affect your parenting and and just the dynamic of going into the teenage years having experienced childhood cancer? It's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I... I feel like in a way we almost have to kind of set the stage and talk about something very pivotal for us that happened actually in the middle Yeah, to kind of get there. Um, Trey was already stable, so he was still in treatment. But I feel like, honestly, we were given a gift that we didn't expect and we didn't make this decision for this reason. But while he was stable but he was still in treatment, we actually moved from the Dallas-Fort Worth area right. here to, to, yeah. to, mm-hmm. yeah, to Cumming, Georgia. And... The biggest gift we actually, or I think, received in the move was it actually gave Kirsten her identity back. Hmm. When we got here, if you didn't know Trey was sick, you wouldn't know he was sick. And she left Dallas. She left Texas as um, the the sister of the kid who had cancer. Right. Right. And when she got here, she was Kirsten again. Yeah. Aww. And she got a fresh start. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. We we didn't have the foresight to see that. Yeah. But we got we got a pretty significant restart in the middle of that. And while it's nothing that I can imagine you could actually um, prescribe for a family going through something like that, it turned out to be just a tremendous gift. And I think that flowed and helped us in parenting too, because they were really truly allowed to be themselves when they got here. Mm -hmm. Which is unique because for that age, sometimes a move could be really pivotal and, and in a negative. bad way. Yeah. 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 For going into the middle school years. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool to hear that that yeah. was a positive time for y'all. And I'm sure that it impacted Trey too, and probably not as significantly as her, but just even that idea of, like Cliff said, not everybody knew that he was sick, you know? Yeah. And so he didn't kind of carry that I'm a cancer kid label around. He had mm-hmm. hair. He, you know, right. looked, he was in school. 80% of the time, probably. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. he was relatively normal. Most and kids, friends most kids go to school more than 80%. Of friends. <laughs> exactly. Right. right. Yeah. And um, so I'm sure it impacted him positively as well, but it w- was a complete restart for her, which was fantastic. And for, even for our family, oh for my us. Gosh. Yeah. Um, it was wonderful. While we got so much amazing care in Texas, just to start fresh was, I think, really healthy for all of us. Yeah, so it probably gave us a fresh start at parenting too that we didn't necessarily expect because mm-hmm. we were we were managing some of those differences in in Texas that once we got here, the dynamics just changed. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe even for another family that's out there that's going through it and and just getting to the other side of it, maybe it's obvious. Maybe it's not a move, right? But just thinking through some kind of a change and yeah. maybe that's what sparks yeah. something fresh and new. I think that's still great to hear. So, um, so yeah, thanks for digging in a little bit on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get some more with you guys on this next episode. Um, so we'll catch y'all, uh, on the next time. Great. All right. Thanks. I hope you guys really got a good picture. Uh, I know Cliff and Tracy talked a lot about parenting in this uh, episode and also even just a little bit into their marriage, but I hope you also got a little bit of insight for those of you that aren't familiar with the life of childhood cancer 
that you got a little bit of insight into that world. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully you got a snapshot and that just raised awareness for you. Again, that's kind of the idea around um, September and Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. On the parenting side, just some great stuff. Right. Shared some really good insight. I loved how we got to go there with them on, because uh, we've talked about this with other couples, launching their kids. We got to go there on launching yourselves yeah, that was into, a big one for me. Yeah, into this idea yeah. of being an empty nester and how do you prepare for that. Right. Um, and so I thought that was really good to hear that from them. And then also I, I really just like the idea um, that they talked about um, really parenting uh, their kids through just understanding natural consequences and letting your kids learn the hard lessons. Right. While letting they're under them your fail. Roof. I think yeah. we try so hard to coddle mm-hmm. and we do them a disservice because what happens is when they go into the real world, and something goes awry, they're shocked. Yeah. You know, like, why me? That's right. What's really neat, I think, with Cliff and Tracy as well, and and this has been a little bit of the case with others, but we definitely, um, not only have we known Cliff and Tracy and Kirsten and, and Trey for a while, we also know them a lot better even after. So we know Kirsten and Trey well now. Right. And so just seeing who they are as kids and mm-hmm. hearing now Cliff and Tracy talk about it. So we've seen them kind of morph into, into this. And so adulthood. seeing some of these things come together, we're like, okay, that totally makes sense. And wow, we've seen the fruit of that yeah. in who they are today. So I liked it too, where is, and we obviously are proponents of mentoring, but really focusing on bringing people around your kids. Yeah. And that's something that as, you know, Rena is now going in the sixth grade and starting in her church small group, I've loved knowing that she yeah. has other women that are pouring into her that have a similar message that I'm offering. And the same Absolutely. with our boys. They have some great leaders ahead of them. So if that's something that you haven't thought about, I think that's really a big takeaway. And and even starting, that's one thing I love about Lighthouse is because our kids are around yeah. some amazing people for a week. Yeah. They're seeing godly marriages. They're seeing really cool singles that are chasing after God. They're, they're seeing high schoolers and teenagers that are um, putting some really cool things in place yeah. to uh, strengthen their walk as well as their character. Yeah, definitely some mentors and, and you know, role models, if you will, that have come out of Lighthouse. Yeah. And that we get to serve with year after year. We get yeah. to see them, a lot of them, you know, in the same retreats every year so. Um, so yeah, hey guys, for those of you listening, if uh, if you're following along and you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever it is that you're listening to uh, this podcast, as well as be sure to like us on Facebook and check things out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, would love for you guys to go out. This will help others find us and find the information that we're getting to share about all these couples and through these couples. Is go out and rate and review uh, either on iTunes or wherever it is mm-hmm. again that you're listening. Uh, we're going to jump into the second episode in a couple weeks with Cliff and Tracy. Uh, yeah, you won't want to miss it. They have some amazing things that they, little nuggets that come out in regards to dating, which yeah. I was like, it was the last thing that we were talking about. And yeah. I loved, it was probably the richest thing that we Yeah, what away. Cliff shared, I've already, I've already shared with our oldest and talked through. So it's been very applicable. Mm-hmm. So I know you guys will get some stuff out of it, some really good stuff out of it. So we will catch you in two weeks with the second episode with Cliff and Tracy. Right. Thanks, guys. Take care.